you need to be making the decision predominantly around the qualities of the person, the particular agent, and not necessarily the agency. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Well, hello, it's Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates. And today the topic is how to choose a real estate agent for selling your property. Now, this is very timely as we have just listed four properties on the market in the last couple of weeks. We're having a bit of a tidy up before the end of the decade so that we start 2020 with a clean slate. We've listed the Redfern House, the Bondi Apartment and the House and Land in Wynnum. And we already have a contract on the land that happened within a couple of days of it going on the market. And as of today, we now have a contract on the Redfern property and Bondi goes to auction on Saturday. So things are moving pretty quickly. This episode is sponsored by the School of Renovating a Boardroom Bootcamp. It is an intensive strategic planning and training weekend. It's the fast track for women and their partners who want to change the course of their lives through renovating and property. It's an intimate weekend conducted around our boardroom table so that you get up to speed quickly with the core training to go from where you are today to an annual income of 50 to 150,000 per year. The key feature of the weekend is that you get personal help and guidance to design your strategic plan to replace your income either straight away or in retirement. We have just one date left for 2019. So if you want to get a head start on the new decade, either call or email us at the School of Renovating for more details. So let's get into it. Now, I probably don't need to tell you that the person you choose to represent you, the agent, to sell your property needs to be good at their job. You commit a reasonable amount of money, in fact, a lot of money to paying an agent and you're also entrusting them with a high value property. So you want to make sure that you choose the person that's going to get the best outcome for you. Now, one of the problems I see with this is that Most people make that decision based on feelings. So based on people that they like or people that they feel familiar with, agents that they feel familiar with, and they're not really good grounds for making such a momentous decision because you need someone that can actually deliver the goods. And that's while it's important that the person you choose has a good manner, that's not the whole story. And so what I'm going to be doing in this episode is sharing with you some key points around how to make that decision. Now, the first thing I want to say is that often someone, say, might have a property that they've had on the rental market for some time and decide to sell it and so then just defer to the managing agent to sell the property. Now of course the managing agent's usually pretty happy about that because rather than the miserable 
you know, seven or eight percent of the income, they will be getting quite a decent payout for that job, you know, often around two percent, which can amount to ten or twenty thousand dollars. So that's always a bit of a windfall for the agent. But the problem is that there is a specific skill to being a selling agent. They need to be good negotiators, they need to understand the market, and a managing agent is not doing that every single day, okay? To engage them to sell your property is not the best outcome. So what I want to do is give you some practical ways that you can find the best person to sell your property for you. And the first thing I want to say to you is that you need to be making the decision predominantly around the qualities of the person, the particular agent, and not necessarily the agency. Now, the agency's policies and mode of operating does come into play, but first and foremost, it's about that person, how they operate, and what runs they have on the board. When you are researching, research the agent rather than the agency. Second point I wanna make is that person absolutely should be local. It is very rare that you will get the best outcome from someone outside the local area. And the main reasons being that a local agent will understand what's going on in the local area in terms of development, in terms of the demographic, they'll understand your buyer and they will also have a database of people who have been looking for property over years. So that's an incredible asset. Definitely make sure that you engage someone local. We actually follow agents that are not local when we're buying property because we know a couple of things. One, that they're not up to speed with the local values. They don't understand the nuances of the area. And the second reason is because the tyranny of distance, like if they have to drive to the property to for someone to inspect it, that they will get very tired of that very quickly. I have had some beauties over the years that we've bought from that just you could see they just could not get that property off their books quick enough because the property, it was a reasonable distance for them to get to the property to show it. So that just puts up a reason for them to want to offload it quickly. And it's also a reason for them to not be overly cooperative in terms of openings outside their normal inspection hours. The next thing I want to say is if you are researching agents, it's a really good idea, particularly if you're a renovator, to engage the agent long before you have a property to sell. Okay, because once you've got that property to sell, then it totally clouds the agent's judgment. Well, not necessarily their judgment, but it basically it's like hanging a carrot in front of the donkey because listings are their bread and butter. So if you've got a listing, they're going to say whatever they need to say to get that listing. I always suggest to our students, particularly when they're doing renos, that they engage the agent at the beginning of the project so that they can work in partnership and during the reno and you don't have this situation where you've got agents vying for your work. Do that research when you are posing as a buyer rather than someone selling and see how they behave 
with prospective buyers and whether there's someone that you would consider for selling your property. Now, the next point is critical. I should say here, I've made pretty much every mistake there is to make. I've learned these things through the school of hard knocks. The next thing is to check that specific agent's data. Okay, so do some comparisons. And there's plenty of information on the internet to do this. Basically, you want to look at how many properties they've sold in the same price point as you will be selling and preferably the same type of property. If you're selling a house at, you know, say 700,000, you're not going to use an agent that sells a, a lot of units or apartments at the three to four hundred thousand dollar mark. So you want to get an agent that sells in the type of property you're selling in the same price bracket. My first go-to would be the person that sells the most in your price bracket because they will have seen the most of your market and has the track record. But you also want to have a look at a few other things, things like their average days on the market, just to get an idea of basically how effective they are. I'll tell you a little story. I had, I was selling a property for my mum and it's in a two horse town in central Victoria. The town has 2,300 people. There are only two agents. So I basically went any, many, money, mo and picked one of them. And the property, seriously, this agent was absolutely hopeless. I actually took it off the market and I still have it now. But then I had another property of hers to sell because when she went into care, the home she was living in, we took it to market. So I sat down and did the research. And even in a little town like that, the standout salesperson was from the opposing agent. They weren't a typical like Ray White or, or Rain and Horn. It was actually a stock and station agent that also sold property. And it was one of their salespeople. So they, I think I only had two salespeople and this was one of them, but she had sold by far the most properties in the price bracket that I was looking to sell. So I rang her up and I said, oh, by the way, did you know you're the top salesperson in this town for this type of property? And she had no idea. But anyhow, I engaged her and she listed it on a Friday. And on the Monday, she had it sold because she had a massive database of people interested in that type of property and she had it sold for our asking price. I think that's a pretty good story to really reflect the value of doing a little bit of research. So the next point is when you are signing the agreement with the agent, firstly I would limit the agency agreement. Most of them sign you up for three months as standard. Now how long you sign up for depends on the area and the average days on the market. But I certainly wouldn't be giving the agent three months as a matter of course. I tend to reduce that. And that gives you freedom to change if you need to. Fortunately, I've never had to do that, but I always keep my options open. The second thing is I strongly recommend exclusivity. I don't think you can really have a foot in each camp. Best way to demotivate someone is to not give them the full job. My view is that you should go with one agent exclusively. The next thing is to get an understanding of that particular agency's commission structure. And this is one of those things that harks back to the actual agency and not the individual himself 
or herself. In some agencies, the listing agent shares the commission with the actual organisation and is responsible for the sale of the property as well, but everyone pitches in to help, okay? Some other agencies have a situation where there's no commission. Everyone just works for salary. I personally do not like that. I think there needs to be, if you want to have a good agent, a good selling person, you need to incentivize them. So I would steer clear of that. I think that's the structure that encourages mediocrity. And then there's the other scenario that I've come across where the listing agent gets some of the commission and the selling agent gets a portion of the commission too. So they share it. And I don't know, I have my reservations about this because I'm always a bit concerned that the listing agent has control of it and may, you know, steer you towards someone that they want you to buy from because of the commission set up. So I'm always a bit wary of that. But of course, you need to make your own decisions. Like agents do have a code of conduct. And I would say most, many agents, I won't say most, many agents operate with integrity. But you do also need to be aware of human weakness. I won't say any more on that. The other thing you want to do in your conversations with the various agents that are pitching for your listing is to find out how they operate. I'll give you an example. When I was interviewing agents for the Wynnum property, one of the agents, when I asked him this question, he said that they don't have open inspections because they have such a strong database, people just ring up and make an appointment to go and look at the property. Sorry, that just doesn't cut it with me. I believe that that's putting up a barrier for people getting to see the property. So we know that the more people that will come in and see the property, it broadens your pool of buyers. And by putting a barrier up where they have to ring up and make an appointment, as far as I'm concerned, that's not a good structure. And as a result, I didn't go with them. So you want to really find out if there are any nuances about the way they operate. Of course, you want a good negotiator, but until you've used them, it's pretty hard to figure out what their negotiating skills are. But one thing I would say is you want to match the agent's demeanor to the market. So if you've got, say, uh, quite an urbane or sophisticated market, you don't want to bring someone in that has the characteristics of a car salesman, for instance. So you want someone that really matches the demeanor of your market, is quite sophisticated and can communicate with them at the same level. Whereas there are other markets where you might want an agent that's more salesy, I guess is the word. So that's where their personal skills come into account. I do believe that you need to work with someone that you can trust and that you have respect for. So it doesn't matter if they're the best agent in the world. If you feel like you can't trust them, then don't go that way because it's not going to work. When you are discussing the agreement with your agency, you, you want to get clear on what sort of marketing they do and what costs to factor in because that comes into your budget. And then the last point, which I think is quite an important point, is 
You want to help them to do their job. By that, I mean, make sure that the property is presented really, really well. You want to make it available for whenever they need people to come through. You can't sell a secret. So you've got to be willing to have the public trooping through the house at various intervals during the sales campaign. It's an inconvenience, but it's a fact of life. So really do your best to make sure that the property itself is complete. There aren't any grotty little details that the agent has to explain away. And also help your agent by developing the story around the property. Give them something to talk to their buyers about so that it helps them to actually sell the property. On that note, I just want to let you know that I've had our team produce a little checklist, a 10 point checklist to help you with selecting an agent to sell your property. If you know anyone that is selling their property, please feel free to download that and share it around to anyone that might have need for the information. Also, if you haven't already given us a review, we would really appreciate if you would go over to iTunes and tell us what you think about the She Renovates podcast. That helps us to hone our content and also to spread the love. On that note, I will say goodbye and we'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.